Okay, so we have uh, we are doing Canto 10, Part 1, Chapter 13, and this says Brahma stealing the boys and the calves. Now, till yesterday we had seen that uh, Krishna was having lunch with his friends, and uh, suddenly then all the calves and the ca- and they keep on going up the mountain, down the mountain rather, and so. Brahmaji at that point in time switches this the children as well as the calves now Krishna when he comes to know about it he replaces all the calves and the children with his own creation that is he becomes all of that so this is the way of the Lord where he creates his own image now similar examples are seen in various places as well now if you see all the saintly people no. They appear like that. Uh, there is a very beautiful story where uh, Sai Baba tells couple of his uh, devotees that I will come for your son's, uh, you know, that uh, ceremony, that thread ceremony. And uh, at that point in time, not me alone. He says two more will come with you. So that is total three people will go. So finally, what happens is there is one. Uh, you know this uh, fakir is a fakir who wears the black clothes you know, these kind of fakirs are there they are the Sufi type so that person visits him and he goes with two small children but the person doesn't recognize because he is seeing one fakir with two small children coming for the lunch so he writes to Baba and says you didn't keep your promise you didn't come so Baba tells him that well, I went and I went with two people and you gave us food and it was very nice. So he realizes that you will find that most of these saints and sages and the great people, they do what is needed but they don't do in their physical form. You know, they don't go as a physical being. They go as a different kind of an individual. So they are able to take another form. All right. There are number of examples like this. You will find that in many cases, sometimes suddenly out of the extraordinary, when you are thinking about somebody, a person appears and he gives you an idea that, oh, I am seeing that other person over here. But the physical appearance is of a different person. You should know that the Lord or the devotee of the Lord the guru or whoever he might be is actually coming over there and working with you but you look at this person and say oh this is not my the person that I know this is not Baba this is not somebody that I know this is not Krishna the reason why we are not able to see is because we are looking at a physical form if you if you want a very simple explanation if you open your fridge refrigerator you will find that there may be bottles of Pepsi, Coke or you know Sprite and they are filled with water. Correct? So, now think about it. The water can be put in any kind of bottle, isn't it? It can be put in a jug, it can be put in a mug, it can, it can be put in a glass, it can be put in a bottle. It can be put in anything. So, think about the Supreme Divine Consciousness as God and God can appear in any form that is the physical body which is 
the bottle as we call it can be of any type so why have we to think and the water needs to come only in a specific format okay not necessary oh only if it is evian i will recognize that it is water you can't say that evian water is costly oh you think god is costly so i think he should appear in only in an evian bottle you cannot say those words okay he is free to appear in anything and this is the reason why we need to keep our eyes and ears open and understand the divinity in this so whenever you are asking for help whenever you think that something is going wrong and then you request the divine being to be in your presence that person is always in your presence whether you like it or not you may not know about it all right so now let us continue from where we left we left at verse 45 so we will do the 45 verse this is canto 10 part 1 chapter 13 brahma stealing the boys and the calves so the verse 45 says as the darkness of snow on a dark night and the light of a glow worm in the light of the day have no value the mystic power of an inferior person who tries to use it against a person of great power is unable to accomplish anything instead the power of the inferior person is diminished okay this is a verse where brahma ji has used his power against krishna by replacing all the children over there whereas krishna has become all the children and all the cows over there so how is brahma ji able to defeat his power he is not able to and that is the reason why i say that the inferior person naturally brahma ji becomes the inferior and krishna becomes a superior then while lord brahma looked on all the calves and the boys tending them immediately appeared to have complexions the color of bluish rain clouds and to be dressed in yellow silken garments so the moment brahma ji looks at all these children and the cows over there some change comes over that place suddenly he finds that all the children over there that, that is the gopas they all have turned bluish in color bluish in the color is not actually blue is the rain cloud color you know how that is it's a very dark shade of blue blue gray it's actually a grayish tone it's a dark gray tone all right and because it's a dark gray tone you can see how the rain cloud looks like the rain cloud it has got a very peculiar color it is laden with rain and just now we were describing the lord as water isn't it can be in any form of bottle or anything so immediately the color of these boys appear different and they all appear as if wearing a yellow silk dhoti again yellow the color which is used over here is not yellow yellow okay now the yellow has got multiple shades isn't it <laughs> so this is orange is yellow the color it's basically what we call as a burnt orange you know a burnt orange what color is this burnt orange is a senna as we call it you know senna color all right i don't know whether you know <laughs> those colors is basically yellow mixed with a dab of red little dab of red maybe 2% or 3% dab of red in yellow that is it looks quite different all right so all those personalities have four arms holding corn shell disc maize and lotus flower in their hands they wore helmets of their heads earrings on their ears and garlands of forest flowers around their neck so all these children that he see they are decked up like krishna only on the upper portion of the right side of the chest was the emblem of the goddess of fortune 
on the see on the upper portion of the right side of their chest upper portion of the right side of their chest is the emblem of lakshmi so on the right hand side over here slightly towards this not the heart side the heart side is the left side this is on the right hand side you will find that is lakshmi sthan lakshmi is supposed to be there she comes from this place the arm you know all the women they wear arm bands over here you have seen the women wearing arm bands now in villages and all and, and the olden type of ladies you know they would wear arm bands so that is a place where she came from by the way all right on the upper portion of the right side of the chest was the emblem of the goddess of fortune furthermore they wore anklets armlets on their arms that is called an armlet by the way the kostub gem around their neck which was marked with three lines like a conch shell and bracelet and their wrist with bangles on their ankles ornaments on their feet and sacred belts around their waist they all appeared very beautiful this was the way in which you will find that if you ever visit some of the very very ancient temples you will find that most of the figures or the figurines that are there on the walls of the temple are dressed like this they have gold armbands they have a necklace they have uh, on their waist also they have a waist band it's like today you see in a belt so during the olden times there was a belt also but that belt was made of pure gold mm. <laughs> in india it's very rare to see those kind of things now but still yeah actually that belt in in european and western countries has got a different meaning and in africa also it has a different meaning it is called a chastity belt by the way and that that has a complete different meaning than what we have in our world the belt signifies the waist the waist the way the waist was shaped in ancient times everybody was very shapely not like today everybody is straight like that <laughs> so <laughs> that's why they have to go to the gym okay in olden time no gym there was no gym you have to go and remove all the dudes from the cows take them out do hundreds of things you know when they are doing like that like that okay their waist are going like that okay by the way think about it hmm so there was a lot of exercise in the past they were not sitting and watching tv at home when you watch tv you become one square block <laughs> right or wrong <laughs> because the only thing that you are moving are your fingers <laughs> all right the bangles on their ankles ornaments on their feet and sacred belts around their waist they all appear very beautiful so all the gopas they look very beautiful every part of their body their feet up to the top of their heads was fully decorated with fresh tender garlands of tulsi leaves offered by devotees engaged in worshiping the lord by the greatest pious activities namely hearing and chanting so krishna is always covered by tulsi leaves the tulsi leaves around his neck near his feet and so on and so forth and you will find chandan chandan tulsi these are certain things which you can recognize krishna in those vishnu forms by their pure smiling which resemble the increasing light of the moon and by the sidelong glances of their reddish eyes created and protected the desires of their own devotees as if by the modes of passion and goodness all beings both moving and non moving from the forehead lord brahma down to the most insignificant living entity had taken forms 
and were differently worshipped among Vishnumurtis according to their respective capacities with various means of worship such as dancing and singing. All the Vishnumurtis were surrounded by the opulences headed by Anima Siddhi, by the mystic potencies headed by Ajay and by the 24 elements of the creation of the material world headed by the Mahatattva. So, the creative concept has come into play over here. You will find that all the gunas with the various principles are in attendance with these divine beings over there. So everybody over there is a Vishnu avatar, is a Krishna avatar. He is dressed in a particular form, is having a beautiful countenance, so on and so forth. Then Lord Brahma saw the Kala, that is the time factor, Kala. Sobhav, one's own nature by association, samskara, reformation, kama, desire, karma, fruitive activities and the gunas, the three modes of the material nature, their own independence being completely subordinate to the potency of the Lord, had all taken forms and also worshipping this Vishnu Murtis. Now, what does this mean? They have all taken forms means what? A few days ago, I have, somebody asked me a question, so I was just explaining a form. I think uh, one or two people in this group have, have a knowledge. I'll just give you an idea or an understanding. Now let us say, when we talk of a particular person, how do you look at that person? You look at that person, maybe the eyes, maybe the face, the countenance is seen, the eyes, the hair is seen. Some portion is seen, isn't it? Right? Now, when you look at the portion of that particular person, the particular part of the body, what do you see in that part of the body? Let us say you are looking at the mouth, you know, the face. At that point, the most visible factors are the eyes, the most visible factors are the lips, isn't it? So, what happens? How do you see these things? Each portion of the body represents a particular expression. We saw over here, one's own nature of association, that is a swabhava. Swabhava means, the swabhava means what? The nature of a person. Now let us say, you know, a person is there, who is always, we say, na, rotla admi hai, rote hai. So when you look at that person, how do the lips, how do the lips look? Are the lips straight? Are they curved? Are they going upwards or are they going downwards? You know when you use your, use your emojis? Huh? How do you say? The one with the downward curve, the downward curve is the one which is like that. So basically when you see the emoji, that means the lips are turned downwards. When the lips are turned upwards, you know, the corners of the lips are turned upwards and there is a very big you know, lips are opened out. At that point in time, it talks about a different aspect. The person is smiling. When the person is smiling, you will find the cheekbones, you know, they are going upwards. So, every portion of the face changes accordingly. And the same portion of the face can give a different expression at a different time. So, these are nothing but a form of gods or goddesses. They are enacting a particular role. Right? Think about it from this point of view. When you have smiling, when you are smiling, you know how your eyes are. 
they become big and they have a lot of color in it and then they have a lot of beauty in it but when you are angry you are too br- knitted eyebrows you are looking like this and I'm sure you know those who have gone for acting classes will tell you much better than me <laughs> so at that point in time you get an idea that the same eyes can be used for so many things you know if you have ever seen the the dance from kerala i don't know what it is called kathakali is it yeah you know how they they paint the eyes like that they keep on doing you know it's a very beautiful way of expression so the same eyes take a different format so here what is being said over here when lord brahma what did he see he saw the kal kal means the time factor swabhav one's own nature how does nature of a person the one who is an angry person will have knitted eyebrows you know like this will have a very stern his teeth are clenched you know the mouth is dry inside you know inside the mouth there is a lot of drying over there you will find that this kind of an expression the person has got i'm sure you know those who have seen some of the old films mogambo khushwa <laughs> you know or the ravana from the ram series you remember or shakuni maharaj bhanji you know the way he used to say i'm sure you all remember all those expressions very cunning you can make out <laughs> very cunning the same thing you know all these i'm sure you know i have seen a lot of these south indian clips there there is that you know auntie who is very very villainish kind of an auntie she has got that big eyes and she <laughs> she'll do like this so and then there are comedians everybody's expression differs think about it from this perspective how this nature is seen samskara the reformation what is this meaning of reformation we are taught our samskaras by our parents grandparents you understand when you stand in front of the elders you have been told to be quiet silent with your head bowed down and those who don't have samskara eh kya bolta hai you know like that tapori style you see the difference it's like an arrogance oh what do you think of yourself so you will find that this is samskara indians we are so much used to culture you will find that before the beginning of the anything a dance recital you know how much of prayers are going in the the dancer she calls on this and that and so on and so forth and different kinds of mudras and all and and there is a so much of beauty in that play you know that particular way she presents it that is what is sanskar we have been taught this kind of things what does he see he sees kama kama is not lust the way you look at it kama is the way of enticement okay all the youngsters they need that you can't look at a, a girl with a leer <laughs> like that okay you are going to all the malls and you cannot look like that i saw style by jigar a ladki ek rakh ke dege tere ko okay you have to have a good expression on your face not lusty expression hmm. maybe i'll have to give one uh, demo what day <laughs> expression ka demo <laughs> so ma, what 
when we are all the youngsters that are there they will understand <laughs> and the gunas the three modes of material nature and karma karma is basically in the form of your past your present and the futuristic the future has still not happened but the present karma is happening and the past now you may say what is this past karma and why is this karma in the form of manifestation see let me read the whole sentence then you will understand their own independence being completely subordinate to the potency of the lord had all taken forms and were also worshiping the vishnu murti what do you mean by karma taking a form karma taking a form means an action is being performed let us say for example a particular karma is happening an action is happening particular fruitive activity is happening okay like when you go to the mountains you will find people are plucking the fruits or harvesting the grains and so on and so forth you know in the villages they are doing all this that's an activity now the activity is taking form what do you mean by activity taking form have you heard of dhana lakshmi dhanya lakshmi and all that i'm sure you know all those ashta lakshmis we have heard of right what do you mean by dhana lakshmi and dhanya lakshmi and santan lakshmi and all that? how many uh, gaja lakshmi you have heard of all this why why is there an elephant lakshmi gaja lakshmi why is there a dhana lakshmi mani why is there a dhanya dhanya means food grains grain lakshmi bas you go to a grain store to grade grain grains no your kirana store correct कासलेट के दुकान में मिलता है क्या नहीं ना बोला कपड़े के दुकान में जाके बोलेगा कि मेरे को ग्रेन्स देना देगा क्या बोलेगा पागल कुत्ते ने घटाएगा तेरे को सो यू अंडरस्टैंड वॉट आई एम सींग देर इज अ सेपरेट पोटेंसी फॉर दैट पोटेंसी पावर अ मैनिफेस्टेशन अ पर्सन कनेक्टेड टू इट नाउ द वन हु इज कनेक्टेड टू द धन विल बी अ डिफरेंट पर्सन वन हु इज कनेक्टेड टू धान्य He is a different person. You can't go and ask one person about another person. Correct? You are going to get into trouble. So they are all form a potency. That is, a form has come in front of them. So now Brahma Ji is observing all these things. He is seen. Everybody has converted into a Vishnu Murti. The Vishnu Murti is all at external, unlimited forms, full of knowledge. and bliss and existing beyond the influence of time the great glory was not even touched by the gnanis engaged in the studying of the upanishads upanishads are the toughest form of veda they are called vedanta vedanta means the end of the vedas you see when you come to the end of the film you what do you say acha samajh mein aaya ki nahi aaya film most of these in a sci-fi film you don't understand a word of what is the interstellar एट दी एंड ऑफ द मूवी आर स्टिल वंडरिंग यू नो कब खत्म हो गया पिक्चर वो किधर से आया आदमी वहाँ पे नो बडी अंडरस्टैंड सो यू नो द नॉलेज इज बिकम जीरो और राधर यू आर गोइंग आउट विद अ बिग हेडेक समटाइम्स यू गो आउट विद अ बिग हेडेक समटाइम्स यू अंडरस्टैंड हाँ हीरो को हीरोइन मिल गया एंड दे आर गोइंग इन अ सिंगिंग सॉन्ग्स एट दी एंड ऑफ द पिक्चर अपना इंडियन फिल्म में होता है वैसा सो देन यू से हाँ द एंड इज वेरी गुड सो द आइडिया इज this end is called anta anta means an understanding there is some lesson in that a lesson in that 
Upanishad. Okay. An understanding or a lesson or an explanatory text at the end of the Vedas. So they are the toughest one. It's very difficult to understand Upanishads by the way. Any person who is interested in Upanishads, no, first come with at least 10, one, one whole packet of anasin. Okay. And then you start learning them one by one. <laughs> one by one. It's a very difficult thing to understand. And for our normal human beings, so it is like, oh, don't know, don't even ask. So, but Upanishads are very, very interesting. There are different kinds of Upanishads available. There is Kena, there is Isha Vasya, there is Isha, there is various kind of Upanishads. We can do sometimes in the future whenever we have the time. <laughs> we can do at least one or two. There is a Katha Upanishad, which is an interesting one. Yes, I have written one story on Katha Upanishad, you know, about the Yamdev and all. I am sure one of, some of you all might have read it. It's a small story. It's an idea about how to do, get the spiritual knowledge. Uh, it appears like a very simple story, but it's a, it's like, it's a very difficult and a complicated one. Again, there is a story about the, when the birds which are sitting on top of the tree and the bird which is sitting at the bottom of the tree, you know, the branch. That is also a part of that, a part of another Upanishad. So, all these are stories from the Upanishads. Sometimes the Upanishads are so dry, you cannot even understand a word. Sometimes they are full of stories, they are very nice. Okay, now, Leviticus and all. You know how, you, you know you get a big headache after reading all those things and you don't even understand a word of what is written over there. So, that is how it is. Alright, the Vishnu Murti is all an external and unlimited form full of knowledge and bliss and existing beyond the influence of time. The great glories was not even touched by the Jnanis engaged in studying the Upanishads. Thus Lord Brahma saw the Supreme Brahma. By whose energy the entire universe with its moving and non-moving beings is manifested. You also saw at the same time all the calves and the boys at the Lord's expansion. So, Brahmaji sees everybody as the Lord himself. But he, what he is seeing is called the Supreme Divine Consciousness. Then by the power of the effulgence of the Vishnu Murtis, Lord Brahma, his eleven senses jolted by astonishment and stunned by the transcendental bliss became silent just like a child's clay doll in the presence of the village deity. Why village deity? It's a village in India. Okay. Where? When Vrindavan and all those places are villages only. At that point in time, when, Na, when Brahmaji is looking at all these great things that have happened over there, what does he see? He is overwhelmed by that. So, the eleven senses. What are eleven senses? Eleven senses. The sense organ and the organs of action and one more. Last one is called mind. Alright. So, the eleven one. So, imagine. Dimaak ka dahi ho gya. You say in Hindi. Dimaak ka dahi ho Means, Brahmaji's dimaak ka kya hua rahega. Socho. So, he is looking at Vishnu over there or Krishna over there and seeing so many forms of his. I understand double role, triple role and all that. But you see, the whole scene in uh, this uh, great Bahubali movie, there were only some 100-200 people. But how big an arena was created over there? Okay, morphing, they call it, no? In, in uh, our uh, world, it is called morphing. So imagine like that, you know. Krishna is morphed a million times over there. Looks very strange to a person, isn't it? So... The Supreme Brahma is beyond mental speculation. He is self-manifest 
existing in his own bliss is beyond the material energy is known by the crest jewels of the vedas by refutation of the irrelevant knowledge thus in relation to the supreme brahma the personality of godhead whose glory has been shown by the manifestation of the four armed form of vishnu lord brahma the lord of saraswati was mystified what is this he thought and then he was able to see lord krishna understanding brahma's position then at once removed the curtains of his yoga maya so it is a supreme divine lord himself who is over there why is he can you can he be understood there is a method in this words where he is saying it can be understood he is known as the crest jewel of the vedas by refutation of irrelevant knowledge a very very interesting line over here what does it mean what is the meaning of the words irrelevant knowledge i'll give you an understanding we call it neti 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 means not this not this so you look at a fan and you say is that krishna no not this is that god no not this if you look at a murti you know one image can you say is that god no not this if you look at a cross can you say is that god no not this why it's a metal cross or it may be a wooden cross then you look at various other things in this world you look at stones you look at objects you look at things uh, tatara you have to mute your phone please can you just mute so there are various things and you look at all the objects in the nature and you say when you look at the breeze blowing and you say is this god so the answer is not this not this neti neti so by refutation by saying not this not this you can understand god they this is a method in the vedas it's mentioned over there how to achieve this all right so this one line is relevant line by negating all the irrelevant information thus in relation to supreme brahma the personality of god his glory has been shown by the manifestation of the four arm of vishnu so when you see the vishnu form you understand it is the divine lord himself so at that point in time brahma ji comes to know lord brahma's external consciousness then revived and he stood up just like a dead man coming back to life opening his eyes with great difficulty he saw the universe along with himself this is a very very strange words again what do you mean by seeing the universe along with yourself see when any person does meditation he is lost in the self he is getting lost and lost and lost and lost and lost finally you are getting lost in the self and suddenly what happens with a with a jerk you come out of it or when you are sleeping also suddenly you know early in the morning you know you are having a nice dream uh, you ask all the youngsters they will tell you some nice dreams okay so when a nice dream is going on and suddenly you are woken up ah and you say i want to close my eyes again and go back to the same dream once again okay so <laughs> this is my jerk you come out of it likewise brahma ji is also is getting jerked is oh my god what is happening over here so then you become one with the universe but till that point in time where are you you are lost in a different domain in a different world so in meditation in meditation brahma ji is constantly in the state of meditation he is always lost in the blissful state if you look at all the faces of brahma ji you know those who have gone to a brahma temple or seen his four faces you will find they are always lost like this they are completely in some state of meditative state and imagine when a person is in a meditative state 
he is not there okay now imagine you know i'll give you an idea about meditative state very simply now you have gone to see a very very interesting film okay you are watching the film and your neighbor's phone starts ringing you know how you want to throttle that fellow well phone bar karne ko kya hota or your neighbor is sitting over there crum 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 you know all the popcorn and all and he's is doing that okay he's drinking his coke and he's having his popcorn and you you are looking at him what is this nonsense he's come to watch movie or eat over here all right so that is that jerk feeling where you are when you are one with the film and you are suddenly lost in the world because somebody's phone starts ringing so brahma ji came to this state where he realized that he has been completely thrown out of his state of well being then looking in all direction lord brahma immediately saw vrindavan before him filled with trees which were the means of livelihood and the inhabitants and which were equally pleasing in all seasons then suddenly brahma was transported onto earth he saw vrindavan over there today vrindavan is not that a beautiful place you know it's full of all touts and people over there it's no longer remain what it was you have only opulence over there if you go to vrindavan you are going to get a shock of your life there is a krishna and um, and all those kind of different different and their temples are made in millions and billions of dollars by the way with all foreigners sitting over there i don't understand whether there is krishna or that is some uh, what uh, dubai ka souk you know souk samajhte hai jahan pe hai na gold milta hai dubai mein waisa pura street rehta hai gold ka waisa dikhta hai wo so much of decoration so much of it's i don't know whether you want to call it really worthwhile or no but in olden times vrindavan was a very beautiful friend it was a place it was very very beautiful place because it was vrindavana vrinda is tulsi vana means forest a forest of tulsi leaf you know bushes all over the place very beautiful location so he saw that he had suddenly been transported to vrindavan it was filled with trees which were the means of livelihood of the inhabitants and were equally pleasing in all seasons vrindavan is the transcendental abode of the lord where there is no hunger anger or thirst though naturally inimical both human beings and fierce animals live there together in transcendental friendship now this is a very strange line again what is vrindavan vrindavan is actually a multiple place if you recollect in the beginning of these books i had told you that we have to see this in three different places okay one is called the microcosm second one is called the macrocosm and third one is the divine that is the three types so krishna's domain which is called the second divine unmanifest that is called the golok vrindavana okay it's a place where the cow people stay in the forest of tulsi okay think about it like that same place replicated at another level where in india we have a place which is called vrindavan it is also called golok vrindavan it's a location where this story is played and the third one is inside our body that is also called golok vrindavan what is vrindavana vrinda means forest isn't it forest of tulsi ha huh? now 
which part of Krishna is the most sweet smelling? Do you know? Those who have gone to Tirupati, you know, they, they go and ask for what? Vridai Chandanam, they call it, no? So, what they do is, they take the Chandan from the place near their heart. That's the place where you will find the white, white and the black hair of Krishna is. The patch of white hair over there is what is mentioned in all the beautiful books. Alright? Huh? You know what it is called? Srivats. Alright? That is a place called Vrindavan. It's the heart of the Lord. Where? It's a very sweet smelling Vrinda. The Vrinda is forest. The forest of beautiful Tulsi over there. It was filled with trees. So we have three locations. So I hope you understood that. So, Vrindavan is a transcendental abode of the Lord where there is no hunger, anger or thirst in the heart. There is no anger, there is no thirst and there is no hunger. None of these things are there. And in Vrindavan also it is the same thing. So naturally inimical, both human beings and fewer animals. You see, animals and human beings, they are cross each other. You know, you cannot live with a lion, can you? No, no. What? Likewise, but in this place, whether there is a lion or a tiger or any other wild animal, they are friends with human beings. And Lord Brahma saw the absolute truth. Who is one without a second? Who possesses full knowledge and who is unlimited? Assuming the role of the child in the family of a cowherd man and standing all alone, just as before with a morsel of food in his hand, searching everywhere for his calves and his cowherd friends. Suddenly, truth was drawn onto on Brahmaji. Brahmaji suddenly, tuck, you know, he got the truth and he said, Oh my God, this is God Himself, this is Almighty Supreme Divine Consciousness. Right here, He is enacting a role. I told you three places He enacts the role, no? One is Goloka, where He always resides. Second is Vrindavana. And the third one is inside your being. So the Divine Lord has become this simple Gwala. Okay, Gopi. And he is living like a cow herd with all these men. And here in his hand is carrying that rice kamudi. You know, you know in South India how you know how they eat rice. They make like this, like this, like this, and they would eat like this. You no? Know? Have you seen that? You go to Chennai and all those places. You know, in uh, north we eat like this. In they do like this, like this. <laughs> eat like this. It's a very strange way of eating, but that is how. And Krishna has this very funny. He clenches his hands like this, and then he eats. <laughs> That's why all his face and body is full of all dai dai dai. He smells also like that. By the way, if you ever meet Krishna, you will get the, all the smells. One is of a milk, dai, chandan, tulsi. All these smells you will get. <laughs> Coward boy, no? At the end of the day, yes. So, so with a morsel of food in his hand, searching everywhere for the calves and his coward friends. So suddenly his eyes are opened. Brahma ji, oh my God, this is the Lord Himself. After seeing this, Lord Brahma hastily got down from his swan carrier, fell down like a golden rod, and touched the lotus feet of Lord Krishna with the tip of his four crowns on his head. 
offering his obeisance, he bathed the feet of Krishna with the waters of the tears of joy. So suddenly, Brahmaji comes down to earth. He sees that is the Lord himself standing over there, like a small child. He has taken the form of a small child, Krishna, and he falls down over there and touches the feet of the Lord and his eyes are flowing with love. Rising and falling again and again at the lotus feet of the Lord Krishna for a long time, Brahma remembered over and over Lord's greatness he has just seen. So isn't it the greatness of the Lord that the Lord lives like such a simple human being? We do not understand the simplicity in that. You know, imagine, think about it like this, you know. If the Father in Heaven or Krishna Himself comes and lives with the poor people or with the simple human beings, isn't it the glory of the Lord that He has come down to that level? Isn't it His grace that is flowing over there? Can you not understand? It is such a great act. Think, it's a king who has come down and is living in in a poor man's house. How does it sound like? Imagine one day inviting Jesus Christ inside your house. Or imagine Buddha coming to your door and you are telling him, please come in and stay with me for a day or so. How would that sound? And at that point in time, how would you look at Krishna? How would you look at Buddha? How would you look at Jesus? Would you say, hey, jake pani bar ja, hey, jai, ye kar ja, aisa karenge? Nahi na, usko to adar se andar lenge, pair dhoenge, usko thik sarra se kaam karenge, unke saath khana deenge, pani deenge, jo kuch bhi hai. Unki seva karenge, isn't it? So, Brahma ji is bowing down to him many times because of this. Then rising very gradually and wiping his two eyes, Lord Brahma looked up at Mukunda. Lord Brahma, his head bent low, his mind concentrated and his body trembling, very humbly began with faltering words to offer praises to Lord Krishna. And then the next thing that you are supposed to do is after you do the basic ceremonies, you offer praises to the Lord. Okay? Yeah. If a politician comes, what are you supposed to do? Offer him all the galis, if you want. (laughs) With a big list of things you have not done in my area. Isn't it? But when the Lord comes, you are offering all the goodness and you are saying prayers to Him, singing songs to Him. That is the beauty of how you welcome the Lord in your house. So we have come to the end of this chapter 13. So we have finished up to here. So now what we will do is, we have just about 13 more minutes. I think we can stop over here because the next book we are going to begin will be a different one. I'll just give you a small intro of that. Alright. So let us see. So Brahmaji is going to now praise the Lord in this new chapter. So Brahma's prayers to Lord Krishna. So he has to return back all the boys and so he is going to say a certain prayer to Krishna. And that is what we are going to do the next time. Yes, it's a big chapter. So we will do it next time. Alright. So this will be the beginning of 10th Canto Part 2. So we will do it next time. So we can stop over here just now.